ओम ज्ञान All right, I'll start again. So as many devotees are asking about me, I'll just say one or two words about myself. It's not good to speak about yourself, but it'll save me speaking about myself more if I tell you all at once. All right. Uh, I'm coming here a little early this year earlier than usual and not at a very convenient time it seems for all the devotees concerned and briefly compared to other years uh, the reason for that is which comes another question devotees are asking what about my book on Srila Bhaktisiddhanta and Saraswati Thakur so usually I come after Rathiyatra in India which is a there's a fixed day for Rathiyatra in India it's just like you know you celebrate Janmashtami on Janmashtami. So if you have, in most parts of India, if you have Jagannath Rathayatra on any other day, they'll, they'll think it's quite strange. It's like having Janmashtami in the middle of winter or something. It's, it's just so. And it's a big, in many places, it's a big festival. It's gone Rathayatra. Literally, lacks of people in some places. Lakhs means a hundred thousand. In Baroda each year about two lakhs police estimate turn out. So it's a big festival. This year um, I'm scheduled to be at Rathiatra in Puri. I only ever went once to Rathiatra in Puri when our Iskon Padiatra was there. This time I'm going for for making a TV documentary about that. And before the end of the season, I also have to go to Badrinath to make a TV documentary about that. The season ends approximately October. That means it gets, you can't go, it's covered with snow. So I have to go and do it. And Dwarka is already done. And then Rameshwaram will do in the winter. So this, the four, these are called the Char Dham, the four Dham. So there's, uh, the TV are asking for this. Uh, one devotee, Prabhupada disciple, he, in Bombay, he, uh, as he often says himself, he was in Maya for many years after joining the temple and was a te- was a movie star. He was quite famous. It was yeah, actually, I mean, his name was there. You see on the Haridas, he used his devotee name, and but he learned about TV and cinema and all this, and he's been promoting preaching of Krishna consciousness through the TV and now he's branching into so many other areas working with getting people on their mobile they can get darshan of Radha Raspi Hari and so many things he's doing so um, I'm one of the TV stars of, of ISKCON ITV India because I speak Hindi and although my lectures are not very entertaining you know, they're not 
Anyway, you know, my lectures are not very entertaining. So, but the just the fact of white skin speaking Hindi, that's entertainment in itself. So anyway, these Chardham documentaries we're doing in English, and they'll be dubbed into various languages. So that, I have to be back for Rathyatra, and then I have to be, at some point, I have to be, before the end of October, I have to be for the uh, Badrinath shooting. And also, the my Bhakti Siddhant book, uh, which, surprise, surprise, got delayed for... This time, one of the, well, some delay was there because of the. There was a rumor that an old book about him, which had never been the manuscript, which was lost and was never published, has been found and is to be published. But it was a rumor. It's not true. It's the the part which had been published before is to be reprinted. That's all. So there's. So I was waiting for that, which we weren't sure. But anyway, now we know it's not going to come out. So that's. And the final editing of that is going on, and by the time I get back to India for Rathiyatra, which is July the 16th, I think, I'm arriving on, scheduled to arrive on the 11th, the editing should be finished or almost finished, and then the layout can begin, and I want to oversee the layout. So, for various reasons, I'm going around the world, as I do once a year, the last few years, earlier this year, and it's a tight schedule, so... Sorry if it's disturbed you all. I'm coming. Uh, Srila Prabhupada said, I, I have to keep on traveling to, so that my disciples will not fall down, to help so that they don't fall down. He was quite frank about it. <laughs> and uh, he also said about the sannyasi, sannyasi should continue to travel and help keep the wheels turning. He gave the example of the Indian railways, they used to have some advertisement to keep the wheel turning. That was, that was the, the motto for all the workers. They did the, on the Indian railway, the office staff, the train driver, the guards, the, the janitors, and everyone. They're all cooperating. What are they all cooperating to do? To keep the wheels turning. So Prabhupada said the sannyasis should travel in ISKCON to help keep the wheels turning, the wheels of ISKCON, so that to help things, to help keep things going on. And it helps, it's supposed to help give devotees some enlivenment, encouragement, direction, hope, and all these kind of things. So you're all kindly coming to see me when I come. And I'm happy to see you all. And there may not be anything, you know, devotees are coming to see me for darshan, and it may be, in many cases, nothing special to say. If not, well, in some ways I'm pleased, because usually when it's something special to say, it's all the problems. But if there's nothing special to say, that's good. All right, they're going, just go on steadily in your service. That's all. Go on with what you're doing. And devotees ask for special instruction. All the instructions are special instructions. The, the instruction, chant Hare Krishna. There's no more special instruction. Bhakti Nautako says, Nam bina kichu nahiko archodha bhuvana In all the 14 worlds, there's there's nothing but the holy name. So that's special, isn't it, to chant Hare Krishna. You know, what special instruction you want? You know, you, you immediately... Uh, 
travel to all over the planetary systems and open temples in Swargaloka. <laughs> what you're doing is special. Don't think it's anything but special. Now, now we have so many uh, young ladies, or not, getting older, not so young, and looking after their babies. That's very special. You're trying to bring up your children in Krishna consciousness. Don't think it's not special. As is well known to one disciple, lady disciple who had been engaged in deity worship, Prabhupada said, that when she got a baby, said, now you don't do deity worship, you do baby worship. That's, that's for, for her more important. According to the position that she has, she has a child, so you have to look after that child. So I'm like this. I'm coming around and encouraging. I'm trying to give some encouragement to go on with devotional service. Tivrena bhakti yogena yadeta purusham param with concentrated devotional service. As I was saying in Zagreb the other night, the devotees often quote the Sarva Karma part, even if you have all material desires, worship Krishna. But then the other part, Tivrena, you have to worship Krishna. You may have all material desires, but you have to worship Krishna very concentratedly. It's not that I have all material desires, and therefore I, ind- and I do a little bhakti and indulge in all my desires, and that's what Bhagavatam doesn't say that. Bhagavatam says you may have all material desires, but you worship Krishna concentratedly. And the idea is that the material desires will diminish. So, I was also saying there in Zagreb that, that and of course in so many places, that Srila Prabhupada wanted to engage the whole world in whatever level they're ready to do so. But they should, at the same time, there has to be a, at least a core of devotees who are practicing very seriously for others to look up to. So, Better be in the inner core, which is going up, rather than the, the outer circle, which is just kind of somehow or other connected. So we're trying to promote the Tivrena Bhakti Yogena Yajeta Purushamparam. Very seriously practicing. Follow the rules and regulations. Don't think that these are not important. That's, to think that the rules and regulations are not important is not only maya, but it's also offensive to the process of devotional service, to the acharyas and to the shastras. So, I would like to give up my false pride. I find it very difficult to do. I cannot sometimes even recognize it. Please advise me. Well, if you, if we recognize that we have a specific problem, of course we all have false pride. But if, if we feel that some particular anatta is strong in ourselves, then we can see from Shastra how different devotees have addressed this. Or we, we can see the opposite, just that like we can see who is very humble? We can see from who is who is humble, and we can uh, re- read that section from Shastra repeatedly, and 
pray to the devotees concerned. It's like Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami famously has stated, Jagai Madai Hoite Mui She Papishta Puri She Kita Hoite Mui She Logishta Jai Moranam Shone Tara Punna Khoi Jai Moranam Lai Tara Papa Hoi That I am more sinful than Jagai and Madhai and lower than a worm in stool, more less significant than a worm in stool. Anyone who hears my name, their their pious, uh, their piety becomes diminished, and anyone who says my name becomes sinful by doing so. So that's his attitude. There's a there's a night also in Chaitanya Charitamrita in Chaitanya in Madhya Lila chapter one around verse two there are several verses around verse two hundred of Rupa and Sanatan Goswamis expressing their humility to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Mlecha Jati, Mlecha Shongi. There we are. We're born in a Mlecha background and we're associating with lectures and we're serving them. Then they recite one verse from Yamunacharya Stotra Radna that that uh, if you don't give your mercy to us, you are famous as the deliverer of the most fallen. So if you don't give your mercy for us, it'll be very difficult for you to find anyone more more suitable to give your mercy to. So so these sections are very useful to useful meditate to to meditate upon them to pray to Rupa and Sanatan for pride also it's very useful to consider that if we're pride, proud what are we proud about we have there's actually nothing for there's nothing there's nothing to be proud about we're we're just so insignificant. Pride is foolishness. It's also very interesting to note the English saying pride comes before a fall. How if our pride increases then by the grace of merciful Maya Devi she smashes us. We may have noticed. It's good uh, for self-preservation is the first law of nature. Srila Prabhupada wrote in regard to Indra Dev when he heard that Diti was performing a, a, a vrata, a vow for the sake of getting a son who would kill Indra. So Indra adopted a means to try to counteract this danger. So in regard to this, Prabhupada wrote that Indra adopting the policy that self-preservation is the first law of nature. So in devotional service, self-preservation also. That... uh, knowing that this pride is very dangerous to our spiritual advancement we should be very careful to avoid it Sada Dambam Hidva this Raghunath Das Goswami also his Mana Shiksha very 
strongly. He's always, always give up pride, and he he compares the desire for, for recognition to a chandali, means a, a female dog eater, something quite horrible. Chandal or chandali or either. So. These are these are examples of prayers that we can or sections that we can meditate upon. Then who is it that the Dino who is not to be Dino very much longer? He's not here. So never mind. his question if he comes we can give it. Then other questions? We are witnesses lately that uh, some older devotees ended up in hospital because of... Oh, this is Dino's question. So why don't you leave it for now until he comes? After several devotees... Uh, left their bodies uh, there, there uh, some comments appeared that uh, for sure these devotees are now in Krishna Lila etc are these comments uh, proper and are they true well we hope so but it's uh, hope Hoping is not necessarily it's true. It's just like um, probably in your most of you are from a Christian background or, or anyway we say in, in any religious background. I mean I was raised as a Roman Catholic like probably most of you. And it's just Whenever anyone dies, they presume that they go to heaven. Isn't it? And in, in India also, they when they put the photo of someone in the paper who's died, they say, gone to heaven. But we know there are certain qualifications for attaining that position. To attain the kingdom of God, it requires a certain qualification. In the case of Jayananda Prabhu, who Prabhupada, he was, Prabhupada loved him, there's no doubt, and he was, he was a very highly advanced devotee, there's no doubt. Prabhupada wrote about him that he, you may have gone to the spiritual world, if you had any tinge of material desire, you could not have gone. So, Srila Prabhupada himself didn't want to say for sure whether anyone had gone or not. So, it's, we'd like to hope, but at the same time, I don't think we should create an ethos of saying that, well, everyone's a pure devotee and they've all gone back to Godhead and make it something cheap. That everyone, just because you have Tilak and, and you chant Hare Krishna, that definitely you're going back to Godhead. Uh, we have to see are they free from material desires are they uh, are they free from offenses to Vaishnavas this will 
Even there may be some material desires by the mercy of Guru, that can be cancelled. But if there's offenses, then may not be. So, yeah, it's a nice thought, but... We have to see. I mean, we, we don't... We'll see. At the end of life, where, where we're going. It's difficult to say. If someone passes away in the dam, then better hope. If they pass away surrounded by devotees chanting the holy names, good, good hope. Even then, if one has been specifically offensive, then that's going to be a block. Because you can't go to the spiritual world if, with that. Mm. Anything else? Yeah. Yeah, I can read it myself. I just wanted to add a few details to the questions. You can elaborate on that. Okay, but we speak. Well, I don't want to get into like personal discussion. Let's keep it general, especially as we don't have much time. In the verse one seventeen forty five in the purport. Let's see it. Can you ask to hear the question because uh, uh, what is written down so we can know what is asked? Which It would be good if they could quote instead of me having to look through. Without state support, no doctrines of philosophy or religious principles can progressively advance. That's not exactly what is stated in the question. It's, it's, I mean, the question is not really valid because it doesn't, it's, it's not precisely, um, it's not precisely quoting the purport. You stated here it's impossible to establish any philosophical teaching or principles of religion. But that's not what it states. It says no, no doctrines of philosophy or religious principles can progressively advance. Generally we see that. That if the, the Christianity spread with, with state support. How can we expect that in the Kali Yoga Krishna consciousness to spread at the present moment, democracy rules all thieves? Well, Srila Prabhupada said to uh, spread Krishna consciousness widely and then people will vote for a Krishna conscious leaders. If Krishna consciousness is to become that much widespread, then democracy can be an advantage also. In, uh, it's pr predicted in Europe that with the present demographic trends with the uh, European people of, of Christian background hardly having children and then there's no one to do the work so Muslims come in and they do all the work and they have lots of children 
and with these present trends within a few generations, um, your, Europe will be Muslim dominated and then they'll vote and then you'll have to follow the Sharia that's being predicted, the way things are going on. Want to follow the Sharia, the way they follow it? I'm not sure if that's so good. In Islamic countries, they, uh, in, well, in some ways it's good in as much as they believe in religious principles, but due to lack of knowledge of actual religion, they, there are pros and cons. Just like in America, some devotees say, well, Republicans are better because they're against abortion and they believe in the family and they believe in God. And, but then some people say, yeah, but if they have, if, if the more extreme faction of them get their way, their way, they'll, they're also anti-cult and they consider Krishna consciousness a cult and they'll crush that. So better vote for the Democrats because they'll, at least they'll let us exist. In fact, one town president in GPC had his disciples go out and vote Democrat at the last election. So the Democrats are liberal. They allow everything. They allow Hare Krishna. And they 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 want abortion and you know and they support unmarried mothers and all kinds of so you know what's better there's a very nice article um, in the BTG Suresh Prabhu was I don't think, maybe you don't know him he didn't come here so he wrote he was talking to the cows at Gita Nagari in his article and about the election. And they were all upset with him. Why are you going to vote for anyone? They're all killing us. So, why are you going to vote for any cow killers? It's like the Republicans, they you know, save the babies and, and kill the seals. And the Democrats are save the seals and kill the babies. The seals, they're kind of... Uh, it's protect the wildlife. They, they, you know, protect the wildlife and kill the, kill the humans. And... And the uh, kill the babies, and the Republicans are against abortion, but they, you know, kill kill the wildlife. So, I don't know if we can say that it's good that we should follow the Sharia. They don't in the in the in, in the more Muslim countries they don't give scope for practicing Krishna consciousness. And all these tamasic religions, uh, it's almost better that that they that then in some ways it's almost better that they're they're not religious because if they're re- com- religiously committed to the wrong thing, we find it's, it's practically impossible, isn't it, to con- to preach to a committed whatever they are, committed Muslim, Hindu, Sai Baba follower, whatever they may be. Because they're convinced that, that Lord Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita that yo yo yang yang tanung bhakta shadha yajita mitchati tasya tasya chalang shadham tameva vidatam yaham that one who has firm faith in a, in a demigod actually this could apply to any faith they, they, I make that faith immovable so they're, they're, they're fully convinced they're so convinced they're willing to die. And, you know, people, they, they, these cults, they die. Or they'll, they'll all commit suicide together. Or they'll, they'll go on crusades and become martyrs. So, in, in some sense, the enlightenment 
ideas of, in some sense, the idea that we should use reason, that has some value. Because the idea that we can discuss and try to understand, at least we can discuss with them, and, and discuss with them that actually your reason is extremely limited, so you have to come to a platform of and, and there is no pure reason anyway. There's what is it, Kant's doctrine of pure reason, but there is no pure reason. The faith is always there. At some level. So, uh, so uh, I don't know. What's better to, to where would you prefer to preach, in Croatia or Pakistan or Saudi Arabia? In Saudi Arabia, then, if you, uh, or Pakistan, if you convert anyone from Islam, the uh, you get a nice reward from the state. It's You get a piece of string around your neck. Or maybe they stone you. No, I think they stone you, to, publicly stone you to death. That's one of the, that's one of the things, for, for adultery, Stoning to death, public. Uh, so you may say, well, maybe that's quite good. Maybe we should not die in Iskon. <laughs> no. I'm against divorce and adultery, but, but I'm not for stoning to death. Um, but yeah, also for converting anyone from Islam. So you could say it's it's not a very favorable situation for preaching. Anyway, that's any other questions? There? Uh, how would it look like when Shla Prabhupada would personally come today in Iskon? <laughs> <laughs> what what would it be? What would he say? What would he say? How can I say what Prabhupada would say? Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes I joke that they'd send him for counseling, psychological counseling. <laughs> that he's, he's too heavy, he's out of date. It's a good question, though. We should consider. He, he would be pleased about many things. The movement has spread a lot since Srila Prabhupada left. We have many, many more centers, many devotees. Yeah, in many countries where there was there was no preaching going on, so there are good things and uh, you know there are many things which are not so good also. So, but what would Prabhupada say? How can I say? I mean, he's, uh, I can't say what anyone would say. No one's predictable, and especially Prabhupada is quite unpredictable. But it is a good question to ask all the time: Is Srila Prabhupada pleased with this? With anything and everything we do. <coughs> if consciousness is symptom of soul, what is symptom of soul when the person is in coma and not conscious? Uh, well, that's called in Sanskrit, that's discussed, that there are different levels of consciousness. The deepest is sushupti, which is deep sleep or coma-like state, sustained. It means sustained deep consciousness. The consciousness is covered or suspended. It, it doesn't cease to 
exists, but it's suspended. So sushupti, swapna, dreaming state, jagaran, this is the waking state. And there's one more, what's that? Turiya, the fourth state, which is the state of transcendental consciousness. So this is discussed and it's understood in Vedic, and, and it's actually uh, it's it's a major point of discussion. Consciousness is much discussed in discussed in Vedanta Sutra in the commentaries. And uh, a disciple of Bhakti Srubhadra Maharaj in Bombay last year published his or brought out his PhD thesis on consciousness as discussed in the Vedanta Sutra vis-a-vis modern or uh, current consciousness studies. So this question of, of of the state of the soul when there is apparently no consciousness is discussed in the Vedanta Sutra. And the commentaries go very deeply into that because different Mayavadis and devotees, they discuss this differently. In, in Shastra, it's actually stated that that is... Uh, that is equivalent to entering into the state of Brahman. So the Vaishnav commentators explain that this, but that yes, in one sense, but that, that doesn't mean that it's the liberated state. That that's not to be understood. That that's that the the liberated state is just like a sleeping state, almost like lack of consciousness. You want to know more about this? Ask Mukundamada Prabhu in Bombay. Mm. He did his PhD on this. He's one of the managers in ISKCON Bombay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. There's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of work going on in consciousness studies. It's in science and and I, I, the Ram Krishna mission. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> they've they've organized. They're organizing conferences and discussing this in scientific terms. They've come to life, unfortunately, but of course in a totally demoniac and Mayavad way. So. It was work for us to do. The even Western scientists, many of them, beginning with this, what's his name, Franz Kipro, what's that? The 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 the, the Tower of Physics. He uh, he. It's a famous book, Franz Kipro, isn't his name? So. That was written, what, 30 years ago. Big, thick book. Popular science book. Right? And showing how modern physics, uh, many of the concepts, they parallel those in uh, Buddhism. So, there, there is interest among serious scientists of the, 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 the parallels of, of Vedic philosophy or Buddhist philosophy with some of the practically metaphysical meanderings of physics.
but to establish that above all this apparent merging of everything into oneness is the the one above the oneness <laughs> or the one who is ekam hmm? what is it ekam dutiyam nasti what is it that the eko brahma dutiyam nasti that the, the the oneness of brahma is that is krishna actually the person so there's a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do in so many fields of spreading Krishna consciousness. If the state was to help, that would be good. But at the same time, we should be careful if the state wants to help and at the same time they, they take some control. The Brahmin has to remain independent. If by that state help, they control and then it's like the spread of Christianity. Christianity became widespread when it was adopted as the state religion by the uh, Roman Empire, but they 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 made a deal that we'll we'll spread it widely. We'll just uh, we'll just adjust a few things. So the adjustments was was the downfall of whatever whatever was there. Whatever, well, some of the good things like the the. Acceptance of reincarnation and no meat eating, which was in prominent in early Christianity, became lost. By, so the the whole Christian Church became followers of Judas Iscariot. They became bribed. <laughs> they became bribed and enemies of Jesus. So we could say that. It's all Judaism. <laughs> it's Judaism of the Jews and Ju- Judaism of the Christians. They they followed the path of Judas to to kill Christ's teachings by accepting some the bribe of of not being tortured anymore and being given prominence and state support. And the whole thing became useless. Anyway, it was already. Even with vegetarianism and and uh, belief in reincarnation, their, their their gross mistake of identifying Jesus as directly God Himself, it's a massive mistake. There's a book written actually. There's a historical analysis when Jesus became God, because. Apparently, the earliest Christians didn't think he was. There were there were rival philosophies at the beginning of Christianity, and it was only after some time of Christianity had been going on for some time that they said he's God, 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 and God, and he is it, and that faction came out on top, and, and so we have modern Christianity get bathed in the blood of Jesus and all other. Yeah, horrible ideas. Yeah, then another question. Uh, can you tell us more about uh, true humbleness in everyday life and relationships? Tell... What can I tell? <laughs> yeah. 
it's not humility, it's, it's, you, know, you can go on talking about it, but actually, it's, it's something to be done, isn't it? It's something to, I mean, you have to, it's not such a difficult thing to understand what humility is, theoretically. So, it's just a matter of adopting that, isn't it? If you, if you find humility anywhere, you can just try to follow that behavior. That's all. It's a very simple thing to understand, actually. There's no reason for pride, philosophically. What, what have we got to be... People say, what can I do about pride? I, I just I say, well, what are you proud about? What are you proud about? You're proud about your good looks, your, your, you know, 20 shlokes more than anyone else you know. You play the madanga better. You're a better cook. You're more austere. What is there to be proud of? You can play madanga better than someone else and there's five... Th- I remember when I first went to Bangladesh and I saw that there are little kids who could play the Madanga better than anyone I'd ever seen in the Western world. <laughs> you know, little kids, their hands would hardly reach and they'll play. You're a great cook. All right, well, there's someone who's a better cook than you. And if you are a great cook, that's nice, but that's, that's Krishna's mercy on you. Radharani's mercy. So, the great cooking turns to be not very, it's not pleasing to Krishna. If, if it's done with pride, nothing is pleasing. So it's not a very difficult thing to understand. We've got nothing to, whatever apparent quality we have, we might have, then others, there are definitely, there's always someone who knows more or, or can do whatever we're doing better. And there's always room for improve. Even if, even if you're Einstein, you're, you know, the biggest brain in the world, there's, there's still room for improvement, for whatever you're doing. Another thing to understand is that whatever apparent quality we may have is if anyone has any apparent quality you should understand it's a gift from Guru and Krishna often someone may say to me that oh you're you know you're this you're that some praise and I don't necessarily do no no I, I may say but but I may say yeah that that's very nice. Thank you for appreciating Srila Prabhupada's mercy on me. That's all. Just a, that's all. It's not it's not mine. I don't have anything. So it's not such a you know philosophically it's not difficult to understand. You just have to just have to do it, that's all. Yeah. Live it. Hmm. This holds in English. What to do in a situation when my mind, mind is extremely disturbed? Hmm? Some 
desiring some sinful sense gratification. In such a situation, sometimes I don't have what is that word? I don't have even strength. I don't have even strength to take shelter of the holy name of Srimad Bhagavatam. What to do? You don't have strength. I mean, you don't have strength to open the Bhagavatam. <laughs> no, here it means like you know the mental strength. Obviously, physical strength is there. Well, that means you are practically. It, it's uh, that Jagarananda Pandit says. Pishachi Pile Jaina Mati Chonnahoi Maya Grasta Jiva Shebhav Udoi. That. Pishachi Pile, just like ghostly haunted. Someone who's captured by Maya is like a ghostly haunted person. So if you don't have strength to call out the holy name, it's, it's like you're ghostly haunted. You may have that experience that some at night, say when you're sleeping, some ghostly being tries to attack, and then you have to call out the holy name, and you have to call out Hare Krishna, and then they go away. And but they'll try to say it's like you know they're, they're powerful, and then they'll try to stop you. But somehow or other, you have to call out, go through the fog, and somehow just call out Hare Krishna loudly. Scream! I'm not going to do. I'll, I'll lose my voice. But. but anyway, you know what the word "screams" means. Run into the temple room if you're in. Throw yourself in front of the deities. Grab the device. Save me, save me. We are singing all the time Maha Mantra with Hare could, Rama. Could you say it loudly so it reaches here? We are singing Maha Mantra with Hare Rama. And it says... It's written Hare Rama. Is that right? Ramo. Yeah, we is Bengali Rama. pronunciation. That's all. Rama. Ramo. Is Bengali or Oriya pronunciation? Is it? Yeah, like in Vokati, we call it Rama. Or uh, in many. <coughs> Languages of India, they say Krishna, not Krishna, Krishna. In Gujarati, Marathi, Telugu, Tamil, Oriya, maybe some other languages also. Anyway, no harm to say Krishna. When I'm in Bengal especially, I do also. Hmm. And? Astrology. <laughs> to which degree astrology can help and is it useful for devotees? Astrology 
can be just like if you're going on a journey, if you have a road map and it shows there's some there's some uh, obstacle here, the bridge is broken down. Or, it's helpful to know, isn't it? Can be helpful to know. Um, so it can be helpful for as we're living in this material world. It, it can be compared to uh, using an umbrella when it's raining. It, 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 there, there are certain things in this material world. It's not directly devotional service to use an umbrella when it's raining. But uh, our devotional service is likely to be impeded if we get wet and we get sick. So astrology can help. Some devotees, and I tend to be like this myself, I don't, I'm not against astrology, and I often advise devotees to, with complex problems, to consult astrologers. And for marriage and this, for various things. But in my own personal life, and I think this is particularly applicable to sannyasis or committed brahmacharis, that that you, you just cultivate, well, whatever comes, depend on Krishna. But if an astrologer gives me some advice, unsolicited, as sometimes they do, an astrologer, I may follow that also. Or sometimes I'm, I have an astrologer friend and I may ask him something time to time. So, and I know several of our sannyasis do. But one thing is to, astrology is a bona fide science, but to find a bona fide astrologer is not so easy. It's something like Ayurveda. Ayurveda is a bona fide science, but to find a competent Ayurvedic physician is not so easy. It's not just by picking up a book. There are many subtleties. Traditionally, to be an astrologer, first of all, one has to know Sanskrit, which you have to have a good brain for that. And you have to know uh, astronomy, which is based on mathematics. And there's a lot of mathematics in, in astrology. Nowadays, you just put it all in the computer and everything comes out. But tra- traditionally, ast- astrologers had to calculate themselves. So they had to know three Discipline, Sanskrit, astronomy, and mathematics before they could even approach astrology. And the, all three disciplines require good brain and a lot of study. So it's not, you know, you have, you know, some uh, Sally Austin star signs or in the newspaper, some, you know, I don't, I just made up that name, but, it, but you know, some, uh, it's quite common they have women in in the newspaper and they give you all this advice but they, it's just nonsense but they know nothing or, or better worse they know something if they knew nothing and admitted it it would be better but if they know a little then it becomes more dangerous without knowing it, 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 there is so, and then apart from that I mean, to, even to study these disciplines, one has to study all of these under guru. Astrology has to be under, studied under a guru. And there's, one has to follow sadhana. In any Vedic discipline, you have to worship the, the, 
the demigods or if you're a Vaishnav, the, the form of the Lord connected with this. So there's a lot of sadhana, pure character is required. One has to, one adopts this principally for the benefit of others, not for making lots of money. If you adopt it for that reason, then you'll never get the blessings of Saraswati to to actually be able to benefit others. So, what's going on in the name of Australia? And then you have people, you know, they... They're, they're trying to sell you all these gems. And you just put on this gem and all your problems will be solved. So many bogus things. This gem only costs $500 and all your problems will be solved. So, be careful. If you get a good astrologer, good. If you don't, then... It might be better just to forget the whole thing. Well, we are taking questions written down. You know how to write. But just, it's just quietly with this. I would just like to ask. <laughs> All right, then write it. Think about it and write it down. Follow the protocol. Srila Prabhupada wanted to introduce Varnashram around the world together with Vedic culture. Is it proper for ISKCON to establish different schools where devotees will teach skills from Ayurveda, Jyotish Shastra, Sanskrit Rastra, etc.? In that way, approach many people and slowly... After someone is introduced to higher knowledge from the Shastras, uh, well, theoretically, you can introduce people to Krishna consciousness in any way, whatever whatever way brings them to Krishna consciousness. So, yeah, you can introduce people anyway, but. Uh, It requires very expert guidance to, to introduce aspects of Vedic culture which are meant for material development and then to gradually turn people to understand that everything in this material world is ultimately useless anyway. So people are coming for material benefit and to bring them to the platform of understanding that everything in this material world is useless and only surrender to Krishna is the goal of life. The, the person who's teaching this must be fully convinced of this himself. If he himself is fascinated by astrology, Vastu or whatever, then uh, he may be unable to introduce people to Anyway, sometimes I hear devotees in the West talk about Vedic culture. And, you know, they they spend two weeks in their life in India. What do you got to know about Vedic culture? What they know is only from books. Of course, India, still there's some Vedic. If you're going to know about Vedic culture, then, then you have to live it.
Otherwise, you know, these armchair philosophers, what are, what are they going to teach? You mentioned that for astrology, they were they they want to worship a deity. I didn't say that. I said that that for various branches of Vedic knowledge and color culture, there are various deities to be worshipped to get blessings. I'd like to ask which deity of Vishnu Tattva they usually worship for knowledge. The, the uh, the Vishnu Tattva deity is Hayagriva, yeah. Hayagriva is the Vishnu deity. Shuddha Saraswati? I'm not aware of any regular system of worship of Saraswati by Vaishnavas, but Hayagriva avatar. Saraswati is uh, Shuddha Saraswati is accompanies Rishinghadev, which is why I couldn't understand when Bhakti Stansasrakthakur said that the Tene Brahma Hridaya Adi Kavi this at the at the time of creation, uh, uh, well, he that that Vasudev imparted spiritual knowledge into the heart of Brahma or Vedic knowledge and Bhaktisthan Sarasvaktaka says that this is Nushimha Lila and I wondered how is that and then afterwards I, I thought this Vagisha uh, Yasya Vadane that, that uh, Vagisha means the the controller female term of Vak or her name is Vak or Vagisha or Vani, which uh, Vani means sh- Shastra, Shabda. So she's on the, she's in the mouth of Nushimhadev. So this Leela is Nushimha Leela because Shuddha Saraswati is the Vedic, she is the presiding deity of Paravidya. There are two kinds of knowledge in the Vedas, Paravidya and Aparavidya. So, Dushta Saraswati presides over Aparavidya, or material knowledge, and Shuddha Saraswati. The, the Saraswati, Dushta Saraswati, or the, the Saraswati who is worshipped generally in this world for knowledge, is the consort of Lord Brahma. But Shuddha Saraswati is the, the concept of Narayan and specifically Nushimha. So, what else? Only his question. Alright, okay. Alright, please read it now, loudly. We are uh, witnesses in uh, lately that some de- older devotees ended up in hospital because of uh, heart disease, uh, very hard disease. Uh, heart disease? No, it's a uh, heart. Si- 
severe disease. Severe, yes. Which is uh, life-threatening. And uh, they didn't even have health insurance. After they get out from hospital, uh, uh, probably uh, they will be put in some social uh, establishment because they cannot take care for themselves. Uh, uh, if you can comment on this. Well, what's the, uh, there should be some specific question. I mean, how do you want me to comment? The, the question was coming up about how much we devotees, the small Grihastha community there, should support them. And in the discussion it was that, well, actually, he, this devotee in Zada, he, he, never, he hardly associated with the devotees. He was doing his own thing, which was Krishna conscious. But he didn't interact with the devotees there. So, I I would say that, uh, I mean, you could visit him and give him prasad. But there's, it may be a case of uh, that. Uh, if someone's given, you know, if they're if they're interacting with the community, giving, and and then they have some difficulty, it's natural that others will want to reciprocate with them. But, but if you if you don't, if you don't care for the devotees, then it's it would be nice if you. But you also have you know you also have your families and everything to look after. So I don't think you. I don't think you're obliged to adopt him as he, like he's uh, you know he's paralyzed half his body now and I, I don't think you're obliged to uh, adopt him as like a grown-up baby or something and then the, the devotees should inter you know if interact with each other it's also a good idea to have health insurance yeah Because devotees do, you know, they do get admitted to hospital. And I don't know what the system is in your country. They, 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 the government takes care if you have. It's free health insurance if you are unemployed. Oh, I see. And if you're employed, then automatically you have to pay it. So anyway, you don't have to. So you don't need to. In America, you have to take out health insurance. In Kavi Chandra Maharaj at the, I think it was Frankfurt Airport, he collapsed. It's just the mal- severe African malaria had it just suddenly manifested and he collapsed and they wouldn't admit him to the hospital and they wanted to first of all see where's who's going to pay the bill <laughs> so in countries where they don't give medical treatment unless you have unless you can pay for it it's not a bad idea to have health insurance I'm I think I'm talking about Mukunda Madhav. He's I just mm. arranged with he, He's arranging for all the devotees in Iskon Bombay to get. To some extent, in India, you know, there are doctors and this and that. They'll help, but uh, usually the, the, the doctors they they may help. They may do the operation for free or something, but then you have to pay the hospital fees. They don't own the hospital, and, and if you if you're to be admitted for a month or two can be very expensive. And they may not pay for the medicines, which may be... The doctors may... You may have a doctor who will treat you free, but... 
but still there may, there may be a lot of money to pay, so... Anyway, that doesn't apply. The state will see to that. Huh? In uh, in Belgrade, there was one devotee who was, yeah, who's bedridden, but he's he gives himself to the devotees, and they reciprocate with that, isn't it? He's always preaching to the devotees. I think before he was bedridden. He became he became in that state after taking to devotional service, is it? And then yeah, and then he goes on preaching. Yes. And so devotees they they look after him. He like goes out there when he comes as creation. He gives inspiration to everyone, so everybody gives him present and I I saw in uh, in Iskon at some time among our devotees that they became very concerned about their future and their security. And I I never thought of that actually. I thought well, you know. Krishna will look after. And, uh, you know, whatever happens. And probably now I have some disciples, you know, I get old and bedridden and this and that. And, you know, maybe someone, someone will look after. And we've seen like Namada Swami and various sannyasi. Namada Swami didn't have any disciples. He was looking, he did... He did many years of service in BBT and the, and the, the, the BBT and, and ISKCON Bombay and between, I don't know exactly who financed, but a room was arranged for him in Vrindavan and devotees were looking after him. He wasn't an outgoing preacher, but he did many years of service in Bombay. He joined there and he just stayed there for years doing, everyone appreciated his service. So, but if you are concerned about that, then if, if it's a major concern that who's going to look after me in my old age, then get married and have children and look after them. And then they'll feel obliged, hopefully, to look after you. In the modern age, so many people die in old age homes and no one cares for them. I mean, officially care is given to them. But uh, in the modern age, people, they don't look after their children much. So the children don't feel like looking after them. They, 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 the parents are too busy working or going to parties or making their careers. And they don't, they just stick the kids in front of the TV. And so the kids don't feel like, the kids, they don't feel like reciprocating. They don't feel any responsibility. And it's, you know, unmarried women, they, they suffer, you know. They, they yeah, enjoy myself, I'm independent, but then they get older and, and once their youthful beauty is finished, no one cares for them. It might seem that they're very popular and attractive as long as their youthful beauty is there, but once that's gone, then no one cares for them and then they, they, are, they end up in these old age homes and they die in, in misery. And, and they go to hell because, you know, having so many illicit sexual connections, it's sinful. It's sinful. They, they believe in free sex. And we, we don't care for marriage or any such thing. It's sinful. 
abortion, contraception. They think they're very smart, but they go to hell. So, tell them. But tell them your feminism is your ticket to hell. It's one of the tickets to hell. It's not the only one. Cow killing. And so many bad things. People are suffering from ignorance. We have to enlighten them. In our own movement also, there are so many unmarried women. What is the, you know, what's the solution? And men, many of them, not many, some want to remain Brahmacharya. We don't have that many devotees. Polygamy? Maybe. <laughs> Farm community, Varnashram, yeah. Social problems are complex. Srila Prabhupada's overall plan for addressing social needs of devotees was farm communities. Not just farms, but Krishna conscious communities. Well, this devotees coming here was some kind of attempt at establishing something like that. And for all the difficulties of living far away from modern conveniences, I mean, there are certain advantages also. And the air is relatively fresh. There are a few vehicles zooming past. And and the food is that you grow is definitely better than what you get from the supermarket. And wait till you join the European Union, then, then you'll get superb, huge tomatoes with no flavor. <laughs> and uh, clean water, yeah, you can get in the village. And there's, there's clean air. You can walk. You can walk around. Not any burglars or thieves around here. I don't think so. No, is it? Yes, here also. No. So, there are signs. There are certain advantages. Life is not so stressful as in the city. You can have Mongolati with Madangas and cartels. In, in the city, in many places, you can't do that. People will object. They're going to look after you, Nakshatri. They're looking after you. You look like a sick old man. <laughs> you were sick recently. 
What's that? Devotees looked after you? <laughs> For a long time I had the desire that... Uh, in Vrindavan, we can make a home for all devotees to come and stay. Very simple. No fancy facilities. So just now in Delhi, just less than, just at the weekend, I was in Delhi. And uh, one of my disciples, he's fairly, he's in his thirties and he's a doctor and he wants to retire and be a full-time. He's married and his wife's also a devotee. They didn't have children. She's schizophrenic, so they didn't. She thought it's best not to have any children because she's not capable to look after them. She's also a doctor. But anyway, he was asking me, "What should he do?" I suggested that now you can. Why don't you take up this project to make a a retirement home for all devotees? So. He's interested to do that. He's checking out. It should be fairly straightforward. I mean, you have to collect some money, make a trust, get a, get some land, and do it. So, and him being a doctor, then automatically you need a doctor there. So, he's the doctor. Him and his wife. Let's see if it manifests. No, that's different. That's a hospice. They're establishing a hospice in Vrindavan. We've heard about... A hospice means a hospital for people with terminal diseases. They go there specifically... Or people who are... I'm not sure. I don't know if it's only terminal disease, but people who are dying. Whereas a retirement... Home for all, it means any, anyone who's 60, they can come and stay there. They're a devotee. And they may be quite healthy still, but they're coming there to retire and eventually pass away there in the dham. And we can have a whole ashram with deity worship, full morning program, cows, everything. But it'll just be specifically for people to to come and live with the idea of staying in the dham to finish their, this present human birth. And simple, not that... very simple. So that we're, not, we're not making... We want people who want to come and, and do devotional service, not come and live in luxury. So that's all the questions. All right, so Hare Krishna. Probably most of you have most of my books. The Chaitanya Mahaprabhu book has come in in Hravatsky. Probably most of you got this also. Nice production. Some of my uh, CDs of lectures are there. I, th- I think I think there's new ones from previously. I'm not sure. Do you know if there are? 
There's a catalog there. You can. Are there? Are? Okay. So whoever wants can take. No, that was terrible. It's it's being completely re-edited. That was it was completely useless the way it was made. You saw that? I have seen. I have a DVD. Ah, it's it's <laughs> the, the production is the production is terrible. The, the concept, the everything about it is useless. There's no translation of so many. Pro- Actually, they told me there is, but you have to press some control or something. Yeah. Anyway, it was a disaster. It's being uh, it's being read. Produced. Fortunately, they only made 350 copies, and they only distributed a few. What did you think when you saw it? What did you think when you saw it? Well, I liked it. Anyway, no, two questions. One is there is a dialogue in Hindi, right? Ten minutes, no translation on English. Apparently, apparently there's subtitles, uh, no, you need, no. but you need to press some <laughs> control. And another one, this uh, uh, flag, well, right? Like yeah, it goes on and on and on. And on. <laughs> yeah. There's so many things. There's so many things we discussed with how it should be, and they just did it. And there's some stupid things like speeding up the people walking. And Hmm? You come to the Dwaraka library and you take your book out. Yeah. Well, I guess there may have been some good things, but I wasn't happy with it at all. It's so slow, also. It's slow moving. Anyway. Let's hope they make it matter. But I didn't... Anyway. Hare Krishna. So, all questions are answered. Bhagavatam is the answer to all questions. There's one chapter like that.